Welcome back to another Share Your Light episode. I am so pleased because this is our opportunity to share people in our listening community who are stepping more fully into their power, their light, their purpose, and who want to make a difference to raise the vibration in the world in some special way. And today I'm pleased to welcome Alexis McGlynn, a master certified hypnotherapist, certified practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, and master therapeutic imagery facilitator. In addition to these areas of expertise, Alexis used her training as a wellness coach to design and co-teach a lifestyle medicine course to pharmacy doctoral candidates, which focused on non-pharmacological disease intervention through behavior modification and wellness practices. She has also provided therapeutic support services to special needs children and their families, including talk therapy, school advocacy coaching for parents, and yoga-based movement and mindfulness classes for children. All of Alexis's work has been and continues to be about helping others feel more empowered through mindfulness and self-acceptance. During COVID, Project Love International was born. Based on her work as a positive psychology practitioner, Alexis was divinely inspired to develop a program that exemplifies the healing power of love. The hope for Project Love is that people will feel free to share their experiences with love, ultimately fostering connection, understanding, and growth. No matter our differences, love is a common thread. Welcome, Alexis, and thank you so much for coming on to do this episode with me today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Denise. It's so it's such an honor to be here. Well, what I love about Project Love is that this all came to you very out of a need for making a difference, out of a need to foster that we're all in this together. So could you talk about how this, this project came to be for you? Of course. Um, I think that you just sort of summed it up very easily. And it is, um, it's really about bringing people together in a way that highlights their similarities and lets all the things that we don't have in common just sort of fall away. So we're connecting over the experiences that make us similar instead of different. You've heard me go on and on about the fact that I really feel the transition the world is going through right now is to bring us together more in unity. And the polarity and the smoke, all the things that are going on are, are causing more division, but more and more people are exemplifying what you're saying, but also feeling that in their heart that that's the answer. The answer is to, to see that we're all human beings. And I mean, you're a very gifted, intuitive and very connected to spirit. So I think in addition to all your professional experience and accolades, you also have that incredible connection with with your own inner knowing. But with that, we're not different. We're just, we might process things differently. We might see it differently, but on a core level, we all love, we all grieve, we all feel. And I feel like that's what your project is is talking about is see the human being behind the whatever persona they present. That's exactly right. So when I think about what human beings really desire and look for in life, it's it's happiness, health, safety, and as much ease as they can possibly have to move through life with on a daily basis. And if you just look at us as all you know, wanting the same things, 
those opinions that come in that are formed, you know, over the course of our lifetime just can fall away. And we can really highlight what it is that's beautiful about life and about experiencing connections with one another, whether they're small, um, it, it could just be something like encountering someone in a store and smiling at each other, or it could be really large, like being at your um, child's graduation or a wedding or some you know important event that happens in life. But these moments occur continuously all day long and throughout the course of our lifetime. What I love is you're combining the individual experience with our connection as a collective, that there, there's a correlation, there's a connection, there's a collaboration between those two. And I know that communication is a huge part of this, is learning how to communicate with one another, because that can be a stepping stone to more acceptance. So how how does language or communication come into this? Because with your background in neurolinguistics. Yeah. So there's, um, you know, there are a few people who I've studied uh, that have really inspired me and gotten me thinking about language and the way that we speak about things and how we relate to one another. You know, one of them is Virginia Satir, who's known as the mother of family therapy. She was very specific in her questioning of her patients to help them realize that the words that they were using were very important. And sometimes when they made these generalizations, they were creating barriers for themselves that might not be there. For example, they would say, everybody's doing this. And the reality was that, you know, maybe one person was doing that or two people and, and whatever the, the perceived impact was may not have been as significant as the person was really making it to be in their lives. That's really interesting. And if you look at um, Milton Erickson, he thought about things a bit differently and he was deliberately vague. So he would use metaphors to mm -hmm. access people's subconscious and their internal representations so that they were able to, you know, think about things differently just by having an opening and being able to relate to what it was that was being kind of put out there. Right. And that's a really, really important point because it, it comes back to perception. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only example I can use is politically, and I'm not going either way with politics. I choose not to do that. Mm -hmm. But people have very, very strong convictions to the point where they're unable to hear someone else's altering opinion because it doesn't resonate with what their belief system is. And I think this happens in the self-acceptance, the mindfulness, the finding love as well. So it, it's all interconnected. And I feel like your work is to help people find that self-acceptance, as I mentioned in the bio, right. but also to see the person. One of the things that I, I really do believe when you can see the soul light in someone, when you're not looking at how they present on an exterior or how they sound or where they are demographically or geographically or socioeconomic, when you look for that little seed of light, you realize that there is a, there's, there's love there. Right. 
That's exactly accurate. We tend to put people in buckets and this Mm -hmm. person is, is whatever political belief, or this person has this limitation. Those are distortions and deletions and, and they're, they're very specifically learned ways of looking at other people and individuals and, and it extends to everything, countries, regions of, of our country. And when we do that, we forget that we are more similar than we are different. And that really, regardless of the way that we're looking at something and as an individual, if you get rid of that, you can relate to anyone. And why wouldn't you want to be able to do that? Right? Exactly. And if we look at your background, so you have the hypnotherapy training, you have the coaching training. So you've worked with a a wide variety of people and you understand you've had the the training. It's kind of a jump, but not really in my mind Mm -hmm. is your performance enhancement program that you've developed because you're taking a group of people that are coming in as individuals And you're working with them on techniques to build that sense of self, which is what we're talking about in finding love and seeing that you have to be confident with yourself to be able to love people unconditionally because you're not looking for a response. You're not looking for accolades. You're looking for, I'm okay with me because I can see you for who you are. And how does that, because I feel like all your work ties together, even though it may seem a, a bit like it's in different directions. Right. Well, for example, what you're talking about is really working with someone's mindset, which has a lot of different components. I mean, you have you have different perspectives. We have um, you know, physiological responses to the things that happen in our environment. That can be something as simple as being anxious, but it can also be experiencing joy and what that feels like in your body. We have a series of routines that we go through without even realizing them on every in every single day from the morning routine to the to the evening routine and what we do and the way that we move through life without always being so consciously aware it it just shapes us so the work that i've done with the performance enhancement program which can be tailored to to different groups of people. For example, it could be for athletes, but it could also be for corporations is to really get in there and teach people how to work with their mindset so that they can be more content and access the states that they desire more readily. So I did talk about things like perspective and understanding your physiological responses to your environment having goals, setting the routine that you want. Uh, If there's a habit you need to change, we can address that. Uh, We do visualization, some breathing. It's kind of wrapping everything together so that you can lead a more content life. So now I see why the, the thread between the two is it feels like you're helping people potentially break programming that they may have been either gifted with as children or learned over through adversity in their lifetime. And I can see how that is who I'm supposed to love or who I'm supposed to allow into my heart. It is all connected. What are some ways that you help be people? Because that's a big one is how we've been brought up or how we've been programmed or what our expectations are of what it's supposed to be. 
what would be some techniques that you would use as a, as a coach to help people break through that? I would say just to begin with that it always has to come from within the person. So they have to want to have that awareness and to create that shift. So a lot of times people will come to me with a specific habit or behavior that they want to address. Could be a fear and a phobia, or it could be, you know, smoking or any number of things. But the reality is that underneath of that presenting issue is something else. And very often to get at that takes a little time. For example, somebody may be um, have some anxiety uh, when they take a test and they may come to me and say, I have test anxiety. I'd really like to overcome it. And we can do lots of different things, which would include creating a routine, visualizing and imagining yourself doing really well on the exam. What are you going to do after it? Sort of planning out what it looks like on the day that you take it. But sometimes you have to go a little deeper and say, well, how did you get there? You know, what happened? Do you remember, was there an experience that you had that may have created this anxiety around testing? And very often there is, you know, when I was in fifth grade, I had a math teacher who graded really hard and had a lot to say about me being female and taking math tests. And, mm-hmm. you know, it can create a barrier for an individual that you need to kind of unravel a little bit and get in there and help them understand that they can't control what somebody else does, but they can control what their response to a situation is. And by them taking back their power in that moment, going forward, when they do face those tests, they're empowered and they feel differently. So their sense of self is strengthened and their confidence is increased and uh, they are more at ease when they walk into an environment when they need to do well on a test. That's a beautiful example because it's pulling out that taproot. It's allowing someone to break that pattern that has been so deeply instilled that it can be very limiting in many, many aspects of their life. But a lot of times it also, what popped into my head is that level of work is breaking patterns, possibly ancestrally, or what has been handed down in families of we all are this type of people, or we all always do this. It goes back to that all or nothing mentality. But when you're giving people the skills to look within and say, it doesn't have to be that way, you can change it for yourself. That causes a ripple effect. Yeah. Most challenges that people come to me with are really rooted in their sense of self. Yeah. And that's where you need to um, take the opportunity to strengthen whatever's going on so that you can overcome little and big things. And I, I think that a lot of people with, oh, it's coaching, it's hypnotherapy, it's all of the, the, the things, the beautiful things that you offer, but it all comes back to, I want to help you feel more like yourself so that you can have a quality of life that you may not have experienced yet. That I want to help get the cobwebs out of the way and help you. What I'm thinking of as well is a lot of people are feeling this, this magnetic pull towards something more. They're being pulled towards, but then the old limitations or sense of self is keeping them stuck of not being enough or why me or how could I possibly? Yeah. 
how could your work help someone realize that that doesn't have to be the rest of their story, that there are ways to, to find that in yourself, to step up and be who you really came here to be. Right. So I think what you're talking about, and it's something that I really emphasize in my work is each person has to find their way. They have to hone their own path and they have to feel confident in doing it. When there's a barrier that's in place, it could be fear of success. It could be fear of failure. It could be any number of things. Again, you have to really get in there and get at the root of where that's coming from and just work to minimize it and replace it with a behavior and a mindset that's more supportive of doing well. And sometimes that takes a little time. And sometimes it's just simply having the awareness that that's what's going on. It could be very quick and it might take a little more time. But it's also, again, I'm going to use the word empowering people. And there's no time limit on this. You may be 17, you may be 77. It doesn't matter. It's never too late to make these kind of changes. But when you're talking of this, this is about everything is empowering, changing mindset. And the more we can, you've heard me say this again, way too many times, anything that we can do to raise our vibration is going to help someone else raise theirs. And this is feels like the epitome of your work. It also is allowing people to realize they're enough, whether they have a different orientation or they want to break free from, oh, everyone in our family has always become an engineer or a professional, and they may want to go into a trade or or vice versa. I mean, I grew up, you know, very working class. It was very honored, hardworking people. And first generation going to college, which was seen as an anomaly that was not understood. So it can go either way. And I think that what you're saying is whatever way it goes, you're going to help people find it within themselves to reconnect with who they really are. Yeah, for sure. I think we're natural seekers as human beings, and we're always looking and examining and thinking and trying to grow and expand and share whatever it is that our talent happens to be. And to your point, what I like to do is really teach people how to be present, appreciate what is, what they have to be grateful for, and move forward from there. Change is always possible creating new routines and new habits and, and new connections. That's, you know, what we do, but being mindfully aware of what we've already got is a big piece of how you move forward. That just elicited such an emotional response for me because it's what everyone's looking for. Yeah. It normalizes being here because Mm -hmm. there's so much input from every direction on people telling them who they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to look like, how they're supposed to present. And it's, it's overwhelming. And when you go back to what you just said, it takes that away and brings it back to the human aspect, which is, it's beautiful, Alexis. Thank you. Sure. You know, there are a lot of studies right now that are talking about gratitude as the basis for everything. 
meaning everything that's good that springs from within mm-hmm. us, that contentment and those feelings that we are seeking of joy and connection and love and you know, anything that that kind of fits in that box. When we are able to see and appreciate the good in our lives, the other stuff comes more easily. So if I had to recommend one thing that everybody do, it would be have a short, easy to accomplish gratitude practice. There's something called three good things. Many people may already know about it. Just wake up and you think about three things you're grateful for on that day. And that's how you start your day. I will attest with my very soul how much that can change your life. I mean, obviously, the name of my website is The Grateful Messenger, and that's it's about gratitude. And I have added and I've shared with a lot of people that I journal every morning and spontaneously in my morning writing, I've at before I even start my writing, I am adding a gratefulness and for the the opportunity of the day that's coming. And I always wake up and say, thank you, go to sleep and say, thank you. I've shared that before, but it continues to grow. It continues to evolve. And what you just said was so important because the blunt version, when life may feel like a shit storm, if you can bring yourself back to finding anything, anything at all to hang on to with gratitude, it's a lifeline. Right. It, it will help you step back up. And that's what it feels like your whole work is saying is find it. It's right. there and I'll help you find it. Right. Um, and we can help each other find it. So before we go back into more about, about Project Love International, I know that you're also developing, you have these beautiful offerings, hypnotherapy sessions, you offer coaching practices, you offer the performance enhancement program that you've developed, but you're also working on a, a new program with a colleague on managing your mindset. Could you talk a little bit about that, please? Of course. It's in its beginning stages, and we're really working hard to create something that will hopefully be available in the fall. And the focus is on the LGBTQ plus community, both the parents and children. They would be separate programs, but work together. And it's really to support and empower any individual who identifies as an LGBTQ plus member. Before we started recording, I had shared a conversation about the generational differences that people are trying to understand. They may be coming from a place of love for someone who is in the LGBTQ, but they may not have the vocabulary for it. They may not understand. It doesn't mean that they're not supportive or don't love. And I feel like what you're offering is that I will help parents learn to navigate this. I will help you in the community gain a greater sense of self and understanding of where other people may be coming from in trying to support you on your path. Right. So what's unique, I think, about any specific population that doesn't uh, sort of fit in the typical box is that they're faced with a large number of opinions that can sometimes be very challenging to be surrounded by. So the impact of your environment really can make you feel a certain way. You can't control again, back to what I was saying to begin with. You can't control what other people do. You can only control yourself. So where we're going to spend our time focusing on 
is what can I do so that regardless of what's going on around me and the opinions of other people to feel good and strong and healthy in myself, in the way that I choose to identify, how can I be empowered? I think there are a lot of ways to do that. Some of the things that we're considering doing are teaching kind of shielding and and how to deflect when something comes your way that's garbage and makes you feel less than um, and how to really continue to grow in your identity and become stronger. We've already mentioned some of those things like working with mindset specifically with perspective and how to manage your physiological responses to an environment, understanding the ins and outs of how to set a goal or create a routine, things like that. But this will dive a little bit deeper into how to stand in the middle of whatever it is you're facing and be okay. Part of the program or class offerings that we're going to do, we'd really like to emphasize the importance of balancing and owning both the masculine and feminine energies that are within all of us and how we bring them together so that they work harmoniously, regardless of your gender or sexual identity. Beautiful. I'm speechless in the sense of knowing how valuable that is for anyone, especially if you're feeling that people may not understand or they may not see you for who you are, or they may not realize the conflict that you're going through to try to figure out how do I let people know this is just who I am. Right. And from the parental or caretaker or uh, support for, what would be some things that people could do that would be supportive in, in helping? Well, education, I think, is always a big part of this. And finding a community of like-minded people so that you feel supported and like people understand what it is that you're going through is also key. We envision creating some kind of a platform for people to come together. So we would offer small introductory recorded modules, and then we would come together as a community and talk about what those modules cover, but then also leave room to ask questions, explore different topics that maybe are coming up in real time. Really comes to me when you just said that was to foster a, a reciprocity of respect. Yeah. That's what it really comes down to, seeing people for who they are, respecting that and finding community because as a a parent of someone who is in the LGBT community or as a friend of or as a colleague, if you love someone, you love them. Right. End of story. And you know, both of my sons identify as straight males. And that's who they are. But I have been, since they were little boys, told them, if you suddenly chose a different lifestyle, I couldn't love you any differently because you're still you. And and I think that's what you're saying is love the person, love who they are with whatever they're choosing to do with their life. It's it's beautiful. Unconditional positive regard is at the core of what will be hopefully teaching. And what I would love to 
explore with any parent that may need a little support. The same is probably true for the children who may not understand why the parents are apprehensive or confused. It's loving the person no matter what and standing by their side until you figure it out together. I also think the, the importance of how siblings play into things. A friend of one of my sons is a, he was a motocross racer. He was a very, you know, uh, athletic and his brother identifies in the LGBTQ community. And it's just always been who they are. It's never been anything. It's just who they are. And I have always loved them for that and loved that family for just, we all come differently and be you. And I think that's what you're saying is it's not that far a stretch. It doesn't have to be. Well, we didn't choose to be who we are. This is a choice. You just are who you are. Yes. So this is the beautiful segue into Love International. And please share, because I have heard this since you first started talking about it and have been waiting patiently for this to hit the world. It's taken a little while. No, but, but it's, it's we, beautiful. We got it right. You do. You do. And it you will, definitely do. And it will it will grow and create the connections that it's meant to create. This is really just a feel-good opportunity for people to come together and talk about the things that bring them joy and contentment and happiness, expressions of love. That's it. It's that simple. So the idea behind it is that. If you'd like to just follow on Instagram and TikTok, that's great. But it would be even better if you do a post and tag us at Project Love International about what love means to you or fill in the blank love is or how do you experience love or is there a memory that um, really stands out for you about you receiving or giving love? It's really open. There's no limits to how you interpret love. We'd just love to hear about it and be able to share it. So people can go on a website, Instagram, or TikTok and share all the things you just mentioned. Is it done with word, with a video, with a text, with a post? What what works best? So we really tried to leave it very open. Mm -hmm. And um, you could email me if you don't want to use social media, a story that I can then share for you. Uh, That's just by using the email address. There's an opportunity to record a voicemail to me where I can go ahead and either share it as a voicemail or type it up. Uh, There is a way for you to do a post on Instagram or a post on TikTok just answering that question. And if you do any of that, just tag us so I can repost them on Project Love International's social media accounts and website. Okay. And now the hearts. Mm-hmm. Okay. The hearts. I, I love the idea of the hearts. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the hearts were where this all started. I have plush red hearts with a QR code that you can scan that will bring you to the website. That tells you what the project's all about. It's very short and very sweet. There's not a lot to it. I'd really want people to see it and then be motivated to do something to contribute to the movement. And 
it just tells you what to do when you get there. The hearts are going to be, well, they already have begun to be put out throughout Long Island, and they'll be in New York City soon. They'll be in Burlington, Vermont, and Boston, and Savannah, Georgia, and a couple of other cities where I have friends and family. If you're interested in sponsoring a heart and being a love ambassador and just helping to launch the movement, please send me an email. I would love to um, be able to send you a heart so that you can put it up in your community. Okay. So if, if I had a heart and I put it in my community, mm-hmm. I, what would my responsibility be for the heart? So I get it. I was like, Oh, my heart came. Oh. <laughs> what, what would be involved with that? Because I think people, they, they want to be a part of this, but then they're concerned, Oh, will I be able to keep up with it? Will it be too much? Is it something that I could? Right. So what I would suggest is just try to choose a place where it would be welcome. Um, you don't want to put it in a place where it will be taken down and thrown out. Uh, there are lots of different places. I mean, you, it could be a school, it could be a doctor's office, it could be a community board that you get permission to attach it to. It could be uh, in your store window if you own a store. Uh, it could be at the counter of a checkout area. Anywhere is fine. The responsibility beyond that is nothing. I mean, if something happens to it, it's okay. Maybe you just check in once in a while to see if it's still there. That's it. So if it was in a central location and I say, oh, look, there's the heart, there's the plush heart with the, with the QR code. And I could go up, scan it with my phone. It's going to bring me to the site. And I would either be leaving a post, a message, a video of what love means to me or how, how it manifests in my life. So if you had it in a place where people, it would become a thing where people would just scan and it's, it's normalizing, expressing love in all the forms that, and I recently did a reading a few days ago with a woman who had lost a very, very beloved animal who had been through a lot with her. And I think that that's an important part of what you're talking about. We're not just talking about love in a romantic sense or love as a parent or love as a, a, you know, a partner or a, a professional. We're talking about the emotion of, right. And how healing it is. Absolutely. And, and it, animals are high up yes. on the list of that. They give and give and give and take very little. <laughs> right. But I, I feel like it is goes back to what I said a few minutes ago of what can I do to raise the vibration and help someone? Love feels good. Right. Love really, we all want to feel safe and secure and nurtured and okay. And if you could post something, and I think this is where it becomes service work, for people who find the heart or post Mm -hmm. is you don't know who it's going to impact, right? You don't know that you might share love for me and someone will hear that or see that. And they'll say, someone sees me. Yeah. That, holy shit, that's incredible. Right. And if you think about how sensitive we are, I don't care if you're an empath or not. We are very sensitive. We know what it feels like to be surrounded by something positive as opposed to something more challenging. Right. If we're creating a positive place for people to go and access some good stuff, you know, some people's 
beautiful memories of, of, of a loved one or the beach or their, or their puppy or whatever it is, we're immersing ourselves in a place that feeds us and supports us and makes us feel good as opposed to being submersed in, in stuff that doesn't feel so good. The other part of this is for everyone who would post that they know what love feels like. They know it in their soul. They've experienced it. They've felt it. They're surrounded by it now. This is also a resource for people who may not have felt that before or who are trying to heal their hearts so that they can feel brave enough to put themselves out there again and be vulnerable. So this is not, it's because if you just heard this, you're like, well, I don't have love in my life or all I've had is pain or loss or grief. You can go and read what it feels like. And then you can start to learn that that's, that might be what you want to experience in your own life as well. That's right. And to what I was saying, to come back for just a moment, that we have more good than we have bad in our lives. We have a negative bias. We tend to focus on the one thing that didn't go well, as opposed to the two that went well. And this is a way to teach yourself how to seek out the good, how to seek out the love. And you're exactly right. Some people probably have a lot more of those experiences than others. But my guess is that most have something that they can find or learn from coming to Project Love about what they might look for. Right. I honestly think that's why we're here. We can do whatever we feel our life purpose is. We can, but truly it's, it is about learning to love because it changes everything. And you're offering through your programs, through your practice, through this, this project, the opportunity for people to find that within themselves for themselves but also to share that with someone else who might really need it. We're throwing lifelines for each other right now. And this project and your work is all about that. You know, I'm a a huge, huge fan of, of being of service and helping other people step up and finding a way to do that. And when you step out of this, this isn't about any of us. It, It is about in finding that for ourselves, the thought that you could, write something or say something that could give someone hope, it doesn't get any better than that. That's right. I mean, just the interesting thing about doing something like this is I may have conceived that it would go in one direction or look like, you know, a certain way when it, when it finally came out into the world And it may do something totally different. So it'll be really fun to sit back and watch what happens and how this impacts people and how they engage in it and what they choose to share. It's going to be kind of fun. I think it's important to note, this isn't a a profit. This isn't for, oh, look at me. This isn't for any, this is just a way to bring people together and share love right? and, and to realize we're all in this together. Yeah. And to make the collective feel just a little bit better, hopefully. But you're throwing people the uh, lifeline to step away from fear and anxiety. Yeah. Because it, I do believe there's fear or there's love and you choose. 
that's the very simplistic way of looking at it. So if someone wanted a heart yes. or they want to bring a heart to their community, yeah. they know that, oh my gosh, I would love to have, because then I can see this. Maybe I'm projecting and making stuff up in my head, but I can see it becoming a thing. Like if, oh my gosh, like a group of people posting and then sharing. And then I have no doubt in my soul that this is going to expand and grow. I love, love, love this. Um, okay. So how could people get a heart? Just email me at info at projectloveinternational.com and request one. Okay. And because this is all coming from a place of love and benevolence, I don't know if there's a donation for that as far as shipping costs or if there needs to be costs, if there's an international, I'm sure that you'll have the logistics of that on your site. The heart will be free. I will probably ask if you're able for you to cover the cost of the shipping and hopefully we can, we can just spread the love. Okay. So here's another question. If I wanted to gift hearts to people, like if I wanted to make a donation and gift hearts, is that an option? Not yet, but I can add it to the okay. website. Okay. Because I think this would be an amazing, what just flashed in my mind is like gifting this for a family reunion or for a, a birthday or for a, an event where yes. there would be all of these people that would I have willies on that because it's, it's expanding that love. People need to feel that there's hope right now. And that's what you're offering. I love that idea. It's beautiful. It's inspiring. And you'd be amplifying whatever was happening, happening at your special event. It could also be a wonderful way to, I don't mean to, I, I just love this kind of stuff. You know that, but <laughs> is if you have some unrest with someone and you're unable to tell them personally, is that something you could post on the heart and say, you know, I still love this person, even though we're not able to communicate that in person, because that's going to help you heal, but it's also going to send it out into the universe that you do care about someone else or something else. And it's, it, you may not have the circumstances where it's safe to express that or that the person would be receptive, but you can still put it out there. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that would be beautiful. There's yeah. just talking to you. You've just suggested two things I never thought about that could be really meaningful to people. And I love that. And that goes back to what I was saying is I could have conceived this to be a very specific project, but the way that people interpret it, and the way that people approach it and use it may be really different. And I love what you just came up with. So, you know, well, the sky's the limit. Yeah. High five to spirit on that one. That, that wasn't <laughs> me. And it, it's also the, if we're two out of the 8 billion plus that are on the planet, can you imagine if everybody started adding to that? Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. That's, and you're incredible. That's exactly the point. It's just to to raise up a little bit what's going on and to feel good and connected. And, you know, moments of connection increase our well being exponentially. I mean, the effects of that, they add years to your life. And it's years. more fun. Yeah. <laughs> and you feel good. 
So if someone wanted to work with you as a coach with a hypnotherapy session with one of your programs, where would they find you for that? AlexisMcGlennHypnotherapy.com. Okay. And for Project Love? ProjectLoveInternational.com. Okay. So if you happen to see one of these lovely little plush arts, and they are cute as a button, with the QVC code, now you know what to, to do with it. With the QR code, right? QR code. QR code, QVC. That's Home Shopping Network or something. (laughs) Let the old people play with technology. You never know what's going to come out of their mouth. Uh, But thank you, thank you, thank you. This is, I feel so uplifted. And just to share, before we get on, I was sharing with Alexis that it's been a heavy energy. It's been dense. It's been hard to get out of my own way. And after having this conversation, I feel light. I feel inspired. I feel like my heart is more open. So thank you. Thank you. If we could do that for each other in this short time we've been sharing, just imagine what we can all do if we we tap into this beautiful project together. Thank you, Denise. That's beautiful. And I feel the same way. Thank you. And to anyone listening, you never know what spirit is going to throw in your lap, but just trust yourself that you're going to make the right choice and lead with love and it'll all work out the way it's supposed to. Take care.